I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am. You had better. Get them up. Get them going. It's Friday on Hook em Up with Ian Rod B. That is right. That makes it what, Rod Babers? That's a free flag. Feel good. Fake it till you make it. Rick Flair, woo! Football Friday edition of Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby. Yeah, football started last night. Actually, a decent game on Thursday night football. We thought the worst, and the Patriots had outscored more points last night than they've scored in the last three games combined and delivered a dagger to the Steelers' playoff host. We'll talk NFL and obviously the NFL weekend that is highlighted by the Cowboys and Eagles in primetime Sunday night. It is a football weekend that includes high school football. Several three-area teams looking to punch tickets to the state championship game today and tonight, uh, tomorrow. Uh, but really outside of Army-Navy, which we learned a history lesson on yesterday with our friend Craig Flowers, uh, the only college football game. They're going to hand out the Heisman Trophy tomorrow night. There's certainly a lot of conversation around the world of college football. Coaching carousel continuing to spin and uh, a lot of conversations in that regard. The transfer portal is madness. So we got to all that, but uh, no games outside of uh, Army-Navy tomorrow in Boston. But it's going to be a great weekend regardless. Looks like a warm weekend in Austin, Texas. Uh, kind of spring-like conditions oh, yeah. this weekend on the uh, second weekend of December. Talking about uh, temperatures. It's nearly 70 degrees right now. Yeah, it is. It's warm out there. <laughs> Feels good. But it will cool down into the weekend a little bit. Looks like temperatures will be a little bit more normal. But, uh, yeah, temperatures 77 to today, 75, and then 60 on Sunday, but uh, enjoy that uh, if you're getting your Christmas decorations put up or uh, decorating the yard or the house, whatever you're going to be doing this weekend without college football to uh, maintain or, or take, a, take, take your attention for the entirety of Saturday. Uh, you can certainly turn your attention back on Sunday. And uh, as we say, good luck to the three area teams playing to get to the state championship week up there in Arlington. But lots to do. Appreciate you finding us on uh, 1019 FM, AM 1260, maybe on our Horn app where the numbers continue to escalate and rise. Tell a friend about that Horn app. Help them download it to their phone. They can listen to this show and all the programs on the Horn uh, wherever they are, here in the 512, all over the great state, all over the world, right there on that Horn app. And, of course, at hornfm.com. He is... Our shutdown corner, five hours a day, five days a week in this conversation. Does a heck of a job. He is our uh, uh, man from the 713 down in H-Town, the uh, DBU, also DB High, I should say. Also DBU right here in the 512, a lifetime Longhorn, the football theorist, the Blackstradamus, proud papa, baby Monroe. He is our man, Rod Babers. Hello, Rod. I'm doing great. Appreciate the intro and the hospitality as get you a light bulb. Uh, no, I'm doing good. I, I have a little, you have a little lamp here, oh. which I need to send out some pictures of our okay. home, uh, Onion Creek Studios here. But uh, normally there's a nice bright looking lamp right there, a little desk lamp I've got for you. Oh yeah. But uh, today it's it's well, you know, light bulbs go out, I guess. And Maybe. I went and looked in the pantry, and there and there is no light yeah. bulbs I have. So 
Uh, I'm Perfectly a, fine. Bro. Maybe I, I could borrow it. one from, you know, borrow from Peter to pay Paul. You know what I mean? <laughs> Find a light bulb somewhere else that is not as important as right now. But, yeah, no, I'll get you a ball. Fine. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, brother. I appreciate it. Glad it's Friday. Lots to talk about. Uh, yeah, kind of a weird weekend because college football slows down to a crawl pretty much uh, until the uh, bowl season starts up again. So a lot of focus on the NFL, Cowboys, Eagles, that's the big game. Um, and then other than that, you can start to uh, kind of diversify. Your, your your sports, sports. intake. Yeah, that's right. right. You that's can right. kind of get into the little NBA if you want to, college basketball if you want to. So I guess it's that time of year where you start to kind of venture out a little bit you know, if you're just a football fanatic like most of us. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it's, we, we – You got some time now. We got we, some time. We wait all, all spring and summer for college football, and then we get uh, uh, 13 weeks. It's been a heck of a ride for the Longhorns, without feels, a doubt. feels like it was just yesterday we were talking about Texas, Alabama, like previewing That's, it. I know. And now it's just boom. The talking season. Now yeah. it'll be the talking talking month all the way to a set, you know national semifinal game for the Longhorns, which will be fun, better than the alternative, right? Yes, sir. Uh, the season has gone better than most anticipated, even the uh, – the loftiest of Longhorn expectations, you know, for, for fans were not to be in the college football playoff, but here they are as a third-ranked team in the country and a chance to, you know, play for a national championship if they can get through that Washington game coming up on January 1st. So uh, we'll continue to talk about that game. Uh, Longhorns receiving accolades. A couple more Longhorns into the transfer portal. We'll get you caught up on uh, as we get you cranked up. And we'll also get you some details on our plan as we're continuing to finalize our plans for what uh, the Horn will be all about coming up into the new year and out in New Orleans and uh, bringing you live coverage and conversation all this month and then into uh, the new year with the Longhorns and the Washington Huskies. Details on that coming as well. Let's start with the headlines. Trending topics on this uh, Friday morning. First, Rod, tell them to say hi to the folks who serve. We appreciate them uh, each no and doubt, every day, each and every Army, morning. Navy tomorrow. Yes, sir. Each and every morning, we love to uh, give our uh, shout-out to those who serve. We know it's an honor but also a burden because uh, our society is built on the selflessness of service. So all those who choose to serve in any capacity, God, country, or community, uh, we want you to know that uh, we appreciate you. Can't say it enough. Soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, uh, man, uh, we can't name you all. We appreciate you all, though. Just want you to know that. So uh, shout-out to those who are up early with us doing God's work. Doing God's work, and uh, no doubt about it. And, um, Army Navy tomorrow, uh, middle of the afternoon, from Boston, Massachusetts, Gillette Stadium uh, is where they'll play that game. And as we say with that game, uh, um, you know, everybody on that field who's playing is willing, when they're done with their uh, careers at the academies, to die for everyone that's watching. Yep. And Amen. put their lives on the line to defend our country. We appreciate that each yes, and every – Makes it a game that is so different than any other game you'll ever watch or pay attention to. And just think about that in your, in your own mind. Uh, everybody playing tomorrow, when they're done and they're off to uh, defend our country, we'll, we're willing to die for those watching. And so we watch that game and appreciate it. Let's get to the headlines, trending topics to start your uh, first hour here in the 6 o'clock hour. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bringing you the news. Start with college football. Third-ranked Longhorns awaiting their Sugar Bowl battle in a uh, month from now, three weeks from now, with number two Washington. number of Horns have received All-America honors this week. Congratulations to defensive lineman Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, wide receiver Xavier Worthy, and tight end Jatavion Sanders. All have been recognized as first-team All-Americans by various polls for their performances in 2023. Various lists. Sweat, as a matter of fact, has been named first-team All-American by the USA Today, The Athletic, Sports Illustrated, and CBS Sports. He's been the anchor of the middle of that Texas defensive line as part of the nation's fifth best rushing defense. Two more Longhorns, including a fourth defensive back, have entered that transfer portal. Wide receiver Casey Kane and DB Larry Turner Gooden. 
Both entered the portal yesterday, according to On3 Sports. Kane, a member of the 2021 Texas recruiting class, has nine career catches for 214 yards. Uh, Turner Gooden, a redshirt freshman from Playa del Rey, California, has played in five career games at Texas. He joins fellow defensive backs Jalen Catalan, Xavion Bryce, and B.J. Allen in the portal. Week 14 kicked off last night in New England in the NFL. How about Bailey Zappi, proud of a victory to Texas. He threw three first-half touchdown passes, helped the Patriots snap a five-game skid and deliver a damaging blow to the Steelers' playoff hopes with a 21-18 win. The 21 points are more than they had scored in the previous three games combined in New England. They get the victory. In the NBA, and Indiana's emerging superstar Tyrese Halliburton poured in 27 points, just out 15 assists, lead the Pacers past the Bucks 128-119, and into the championship game of the NBA's inaugural in-season tournament out in Vegas. They will meet the L.A. Lakers. Lakers steamrolled New Orleans last night in the other semifinal, 133-89. The two will play in the first-ever NBA Cup, or for the first NBA Cup, on Saturday night out in Las Vegas. Big weekend on tap in high school football. Three area teams looking to advance to the state championships up in Arlington next week. Tonight, Undefeated Wimberley, the Texans will face Belleville in the 4A Division II semis at the field in Pflugerville. Liberty Hill hits the road to Cypress to face Port Natchez Groves in the Class 5A Division II semis. Tomorrow afternoon, back at Pflugerville at the field, Westlake will face Galena Park North Shore in the 6A Division I semifinals. Huge news from golf yesterday, official word from John Ron that he is defecting from the PGA Tour and has officially joined the Live Tour go- Live Golf Tour. A move to stand as Live Golf's uh, Biggest statement they've made to date completely changes the dynamics of professional golf for both leagues going into 2024. Rahm is a two-time major winner, current Masters champion, currently ranks first since 2016 in wins, top fives and top tens on the PGA Tour. He has repeatedly stood as one of the Tour's most outspoken players since Live Golf formed. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. So now we have six players officially in the portal for Texas now, and three of those are safeties. Three safeties. That is, and it wasn't, well, four DBs because you got Xavier and Bryce in there too, but now um, you have three safeties of that group. That is obviously not a coincidence. Yeah, Uh, something's up, right? Well, no, I think what is up is, I don't think it's anything uh, sinister at all, by the way. Um, I, I just think when they walk on, and it's just, by the way, it's a shout-out to Taft, by the way, and what he's, and what he's accomplished. But when they walk on, penetrates the st- like the, the rotation of safeties that are playing, and a true freshman as well, that's a message to the safeties that are in that room. I've been in that room. You've been in that room. <laughs> I've been in that room. That room can be tense sometimes when that, that depth chart starts changing. And Coach Kenny used to do it. Man, it was, it was, a, it was a psychological uh, – it really was kind of a, a psychological ploy. He would seat us based on the depth chart. So you sit in the front if you're a starter, if you're back up behind you, you sit. You basically sit. Sound seating based on performance. Pretty, based on your depth chart. And you'd come in there some days and there were times, some awkward times where guys would sit in that front seat and – would have to be told at the time, no, 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 actually. Back up. That you're, yeah, you got to sit back there. Wow. Found out the hard way. <laughs> it is, oh, man. It, it was, and I know it was done, obviously, intentionally. Cause, <laughs> so you'd walk in that room, and every time you walked in there, you understood accountability was at the top of the list. Uh, so I understand that room, and I think that's basically what's happening. No, I'm not saying that that's the way they do it now. That was back in our day. Uh, but I do understand that's a message when a true f- – when you've been there competing as a player and then a true freshman ends up, uh, you know, getting reps ahead of you and then a walk-on gets reps ahead of you. That's Writing's on the wall. You Well, it's, it's going well, to be hard. It's going to be hard for you to, 
to, to obviously get some reps there. I mean, because you have not earned the reps, obviously. Um, those guys ahead of you have. And then it seems like they may have over-recruited you. They may have recruited past you, too. And that's what the transfer pool is for. So I don't think it's a coincidence. I also don't think it's anything sinister happening or anything like that. Uh, I just think that, you know, like I said, I've been in that DB room. And you got, what, four – they had basically rotated, what, five safeties this year? Between Keaton Crawford, Thompson, Taft, Derek Williams, Catalan got in there. That's pretty much was that was pretty much their rotation, and you know I guess Catalan is one of the guys who is transferring that had penetrated that group, but not much. And I think we agree it was probably because of injury more so than anything else. Uh, but yeah, those guys I think they understand. Like you said, the writing's on the wall. Uh, you can stick around if you want to and try to crack it, like Keaton Crawford did. Keaton Crawford, one of the guys that stuck around, and then late in his career he cracked the starting lineup, but. I think most of those guys figure that there will be a better opportunity elsewhere. Yeah, well, Michael Taft, uh, you know, tied for the, for the team leading interceptions exactly. with three. Uh, had a block punt in the Kansas State game. No, no, <laughs> I'm not, no this is not me. This is not no, me no, criticizing I, I mean, Taft he, at all. I'm just saying. No, he's, he's, he's earned it, and he's playing good. Exactly. He's earned the scholarship. He's earned it all. But you, you know how that is. It was sure. a walk-on. It came into that room as a walk-on. You came in. It's like this. If it was the old Coach Akina uh, standard and way of doing things, Michael Taft would have worked his way from the back of that room <laughs> all the way to the front. You're right. You don't think the guys in that room would have noticed? No, like, hey, sure. man, this guy started off way back here, and now he's at the front of the room? Yeah. That said, that's why Coach Akina did the way he did it, so you would notice. Yeah. Hey, man, this guy's, this guy's balling. This guy's passing you up, just so you know. Couldn't you ignore start, it. You couldn't ignore it. You better start putting in more time. Yeah. You better start putting in more time, or you better start in the film room, weight room, on the field, whatever it may be. So I, I just think, you know, psychologically, that's what's going on. And, yeah, shout out to Michael Taft. You, you, are, you guys, and shout out to Derek Williams, you guys are lifting the standard at the safety position. And apparently those guys weren't able to meet the standard, so they're deciding to go elsewhere. Yeah. No, I think that's well said. I mean, obviously. I mean, and, and you have the experience in that DB room. Oh, man, it's brutal. It, uh, it's, it's competition and uh, meritocracy, right? You, yes, sir. You earn your spot, and uh, Michael Taft certainly has. And that's, you know, now you got, what, four defensive backs in that portal, two, three corners, or three safeties in a corner. Into the portal now. I don't think it's a coincidence that you got three safeties. And look at look at look at the focus, right? Have you the focus in recruiting and the focus in the transfer portal? Yeah. Right. It seems to be some safeties that they're looking at. Yeah. Right. Makuba. Uh, it seems to be a top priority for Texas in the transfer portal. From Clemson. Yeah. From uh, LBJ, from Clemson, of course. LBJ, right? Uh, uh, Central Texas product. And there wasn't been talk about late in this uh, closing this recruiting cycle. Feels to me. Safety. <laughs> Xavier Philsamy from yeah. uh, McKinney, who yeah. will be in town next weekend. Been to talk about that. They they understand. They gotta. They need a short term. They need short term options and solutions at safety, and they need long term solutions at safety. Yeah, and that's basically what. Because even we know right now what the defense. What's the only? What's one of the only weaknesses of the defense? Coverage. Safeties. Yeah, coverage safeties. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, it felt like this year a lot of times they had, they had safeties who could really cover. Uh, and then safeties who could come up and tackle and hit, mm -hmm. but it's, they didn't have the combo, right? Yeah, uh, exactly And tech right. teams could attack that, mm -hmm. uh, regard, depending on who was on the field right there. And that's why Derek Williams, what is he? It's probably their best cover safety, but he's a freshman. So they already – Later in the season emerged as a better tackler. They're addressing it. Yep. Addressing uh, and, and that's the thing, right? If, if the freshman is starting – that means the ceiling for him. Yeah, you probably probably need oh, to move on. The upside is tremendous, and he he ain't he's not, he's not he's gonna see more reps, right? They're not gonna take away his reps. They're, you can't anticipate regression when the true freshman's already cracked the starting lineup, and then you look at the developmental rate of Taft, 
And like I said, it's a guy that at one point was at the back of that DB room now, or the safety room, and has worked his way now to the front. And there's a projection that he's probably going to be either a starter or heavy rotation, uh, heavy rotational guy at the safety position. He's not going to get less reps, all right? Uh, so, uh I just think, you know. Well, and obviously you understand the reality for the young guys that are moving on or at least exploring other options. Uh, reality for Texas is, you know, Derek Williams will be suspended for the first half of the Washington game. And they're going to be pretty thin at that position That's when true. that game hits the field in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Derek Williams uh, appealed a targeting call that happened in the Oklahoma State game back this past Saturday. That was denied. Mm-hmm. So he's going to miss the first half. And uh, so it's going to be Michael Taft, Jaron Thompson, uh, probably Jade Barron sliding over, or however they Jalen Gilbo. I don't know what the safety yeah. rotation will be because all the guys that because I mean, we like B.J. Allen, well, we never even Keen, saw him on the field. Keaton Crawford, Jaron Crawford. Thompson, and uh, forgot about Crawford. Yeah, that, exactly. So they'll, they'll have those three guys. But you're right. Uh, what it really affects though e, is, is practice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you ain't even got practice bodies at safety. Like who? Right? Who are your guys that are gonna run your scout team safeties? Who are the guys that are gonna run your? Who, it's your second team in there at safety right now. That, that, to me, is kind of with a concern is the preparation. You just need guys that, can, that play the position so that you can have a, you know, a, a practice right? that, you know, it's not wearing down, you know, having your starters or your heavy rotational guys on the scout team and risking injury and overexposing those guys. So that's what kind of I wonder about. I think in the, in the game, this is actually when it pays off they've rotated so many safeties. Derek Williams going to be out for the first half. It's like, well, you got Taff, who, you know, he's played a lot of reps. You got Thompson, who's one of your starters. You got Keaton Crawford. So you're okay for the game, I, I believe. I'm, my concern is the, the weeks leading up to it. Like, how do, you, how do you build your practices without three of your safeties that would have been either on the second team or on your scout team? I don't even know what you do. Yeah, exactly. And those practices <laughs> will start next weekend. I guess you got uh, a lot of walk-ons you can throw in there, but, I mean, that's nothing against those guys, but you're talking to the level that, that you want your practice to be intense and you want it to be as close to game simulation as possible. And when you don't have uh, high-level athletes that are able to give you those simulated looks, then you get bad looks. Yeah. Well, well said. All right, so we're off and running with the Longhorn conversation. Also, I did mention the headlines, uh, but congrats to the Texas volleyball team, fifth-ranked team in the country. They won an absolute thriller. Five-set match against against the 11th-ranked, 11th-seeded Tennessee last night in the NCAA Sweet 16 out at Maples Pavilion. They advanced to the Elite Eight for the 17th time in the last 18 seasons, Rod Babers. Um, They'll face Arizona State. uh, They'll actually face Stanford. Uh, coming up in the Elite Eight for a trip to the Final Four in volleyball. So congrats to them. We mentioned the Patriots won last night in, in the NFL. We'll dive into that game coming up and the entire NFL weekend. But, Rod, to keep people up to date, the, you know, I mentioned the coaching carousel in, the, in college football is moving. We know that uh, Mike Elko down at A&M has tabbed Tech Kansas State offense coordinator Colin Klein mm-hmm. to take that role. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Penn State, James Franklin, went after Colin Klein, by, according to reports. Colin Klein turned him down to go to A&M. But then he turned and nabbed Kansas' as Auntie Coltonicki, uh, Kansas' yeah, offensive was, that coordinator. Was, that was a boss move. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and of course, Lance Lee, Leopold and that offense at Kansas has been dynamic. So Penn State, you know, James Franklin, remember, he never really replaced Joe Moorhead. Remember they had Joe Moorhead there calling yeah. plays, and that's when they were their most dynamic. And Yeah, they were running a lot of RPOs. Yeah. Heavy RPO team. Last year they had Mike Yurcich, the former offense coordinator here at Texas, mm-hmm. uh, with Tom Herman. And he got uh, dumped, and now it's Andy Koltenecki coming in from Kansas. That's a good hire. Kansas has then hired Jeff Grimes, who was fired by Baylor. I don't like that hire. Who hired Jake Spavital. <laughs> <laughs> it almost feels like that's Lance Leipold's offense, though. You know what I mean? Or Leipold. It, it, it is Lance Leipold's offense, but, mm, yeah. And Jeff Grimes is an out. I mean, they're, he's, heavy he's got, out they're heavy outside zone, so I guess that's it. But 
Yeah, Colton Icke is that that Kansas offense was probably the most diverse offense in the Big Twelve next to Sark's offense. Yeah. I mean they were I think they I honestly it's more diverse than the Sark's offense, which is crazy to say. Uh yeah, I love Colton Icke. So I I think he and Lepo work well together. It'd be interesting to see who's gonna take over the play calling duties. Maybe Colton Icke actually call the plays. Yeah, for Lance Lepo. So if if it's Lance Lepo's offense, but is he gonna call the plays? And if he's not, is Jeff Grimes going to call the plays? Because he, he's a very different play caller than Colton Icke. Yeah, he is. Uh, he came from BYU to Baylor. Now yeah. Baylor has hired Jake Spavital, who had been at Texas State as the head coach, went to Cal to be the offensive coordinator last year and revved up that offense in the West Coast. And Lincoln Riley, speaking of West Coast, has tabbed UCLA defensive coordinator DeAnton Lynn to fix his terrible defense at USC. <laughs> Uh, and in only one year at Westwood with UCLA, he came, you know, Lynn came in with, with Chip Kelly from the NFL and turned the Bruins defense from 90th in scoring D to a top 20 unit, uh, both in t- you know, yards per play and scoring. Uh, Chip Kelly's defense much better, so Lincoln Riley didn't have to go far to find the person he hopes yeah. can fix his defense. Uh, he goes up against that. He went up against him, so yeah. that's probably why he's like, hey, man, this guy gave me his Hit some trouble. Yeah, well, they beat the heck out of uh, USC in that uh, yeah. rival game. That's why hired PK. He was like, man, all the D coordinators I went up against, that guy's defense gave me the most issues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's often how it works. Like Bob Stoops hired Mike Leach. He was like, out of offenses, I tried to stop. That damn air raid gave me hell. That's why, uh, <laughs> that thing. That's why Todd Dodge hired Tony Salazar. He tells that story all the time. He's, oh, is that really? Yeah, yeah, he's the only defense in the district that could stop him when he was at Marble Falls. So he, yep. he hired him. As a, that's a good. I mean, that's the best reference you can get. It's like I've coached against a guy, and I can't figure him out. Well, so. when you're go- coaching against somebody, right? You're watching the film. You see how sound they are. You're like, oh man, damn, that's a good coach right there. <laughs> yeah, and Sark exactly. talked about that when you know every time you go up against PK, you're like, damn, this guy gets me. Guys get me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hard, he's hard to move the ball against. It's a great nugget there, Ty. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and yeah, good good luck to Westlake. They'll play tomorrow in Pflugerville. Should be a nice afternoon for a high school football game. How about Westlake North Shore? and Galena Park, North Shore? Man, yeah. I mean, those are basically the two heavyweights of Central Texas and the two heavyweights of uh, one of the heavyweights of Houston. It's basically North Shore and Katy. I told you guys, every time we'd win our first round playoff game, we'd play Katy or we'd play North Shore. And then the one year we beat Katy, we had North Shore in the next round. And we couldn't escape them. Houston Lamar could never escape uh, when I was there, Katy or North Shore. And, man, it was just. That's hey, who, just, uh, we, were watching, we were watching a film and we knew. We were like, Damn, that's who beat good. us in the state championship my senior year. <laughs> So, yeah, little revenge here. Up nights. Yeah, Ty is back yeah. and uh, running the show today. Appreciate him. He'll be chiming in this morning as we get you cranking up on a Friday edition of Hook Him Up with Ian Rod B.A. Football Friday Ooh. without much college football, but plenty of college right. football conversation like that coaching carousel. So we'll follow that. And uh, uh, you Aggie fans can weigh in on the, uh, the hiring of you know Colin my, Klein. You know my favorite hire, though, honestly? I, think I do. I want to know. Absolutely. I, I think know. it's Willie Fritz. To Houston. Yeah, I agree. I That's agree with that. That's a hell of a hire, man. You've talked about, obviously, uh, you've been Fritz. a big fan of Willie Fritz, too. But I just, people don't know about his Texas connections as much. Basically, he has, he has been, he's been coaching most of his coaching career in, in Louisiana now in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so he can re- – and Houston is just a hub of recruiting. I tell you guys all the time in terms of metro areas, uh, Houston area, Houston, greater Houston area is top ten in the country for producing NFL talent, uh, and draftable talent. DFW is number two behind the Atlanta metro area. So you're going to get really Fritz coaching acumen and his coaching connections. So he can recruit talent in Louisiana and, and in Texas, and he's already proven he can find those hidden gems in both uh, Louisiana. And Louisiana, if you look at per capita uh, states that produce the most NFL players per capita, they're always top five. 
They're always top five, hovering around there for the last five to ten years. There's a ton of NFL talent in Louisiana. That's why LSU is always so good because they don't have any competition in the damn state. Nobody can beat them. That's why Texas should have been in Louisiana racking up because there's so much talent there. LSU can't get it all. Um, and I think that's really Fritz is going to clean up there. He's going to clean up in Houston because there's so much talent there, and he just got ties in Texas. So he's going to get the talent, and now you combine that with a guy that can coach like hell. Well, he couldn't be more opposite than Dana Holgerson. You know, Dana Holgerson. Very true. You know, kind of a good-time <laughs> guy and likes to go out and have a, you know, nothing against that. But, you know, Willie Fritz is ball-ball. He's a ball guy. All ball. Yeah. Like, he's all – that's all he does. Yep. I mean, he, he's one of those football ju- junkies who, whether he's at Blinn winning junior college championships mm-hmm. in the 90s or at Sam Houston State winning, you know, before they moved up to the FBS, winning FCS championships, then to Tulane, Georgia Southern. Yeah. Uh, he just wins. He's going to find a way to win. He just wins. And, and as you said, the talent pipeline should be oh, yeah. pretty robust I for him. God, he was at Georgia Southern too. Yes, he was. Talk about – I just talked about Atlanta. It's the number one <laughs> metro area for producing NFL talent. So, you tell me, this guy's got – ties in Louisiana, which is top five per capita producing NFL talent year after year, uh, in Texas, and now in Houston, which is also a top ten metro area producing NFL talent, Yeah, and then in Georgia, too, where he can get close to Atlanta, that also produces a ton of NFL talent, the number one metro area for producing draftable prospects. Good Lord, this guy's going. Now, the one I say the one downside, and you just hit, hit on the head there, E. He won't. He's not going to be a salesman for the program, really. Now, yeah, not like Jeff Trailer by the way. Yes. Now he's going to win, but you're going to lose the added value of a guy that's going to be hanging out at Rockets games on courtside, you know, promoting the program like that. I don't, that ain't really, really Fritz. Yeah, that ain't agreed. Uh, I just, I, but right. for Houston, and remember Brett Yormark in the Big Twelve, which the Longhorns, of course, are leaving after this year. Uh, they want Houston to become a power in that conference because it's the fourth largest market in the country. They want to take the TCU track. Yeah, they want to. They want. They need that yeah. to be a big brand because mm-hmm. they're losing eighty percent of their their branding uh, when they leave. Now they're adding Colorado, which brings Deion Sanders. They're adding Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. And Utah is a solid program, obviously. You know, back to back Pac twelve championships before this year. But as far as markets. Uh, you're yeah. looking for Denver, you're looking for Dallas Metroplex, and you're yeah. looking for Houston. Uh, you need those markets to be big, and Willie Fritz needs to grow that program uh, down at Houston. Mm-hmm. And because now they're not playing in the shadow of A&M and Texas because those two teams they're are gone. in a different conference now. Yep, they're gone. Uh, that's, you know, those, that, 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 you know that, Houston dominated by Longhorn fans and Aggie fans. Houston needs to grow. Because when I was growing up, Rod, down in Houston, Five Slamma Jam was huge in basketball. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jack Pardee. And yeah, the run and shoot down Bill Yeomans did a great yeah. job with the, with, the, with the football program. It was, it was a big deal when I, I was growing that. up. But it's obviously fallen and now a chance to be in the Big 12. You know, and a coach like Willie Fritz, uh, that's what uh, they're thinking down at Houston. So we'll talk about it with you, the coaching carousel. We'll get into the NFL game. How about Zeke Elliott last night? Uh, <laughs> bringing it. The uh, Patriots scored more points last night than they have in three weeks. And Couldn't believe it. How about, I, pick, I picked the Steelers in that game, and I was wrong. How about all the Steelers? How about this? They were 7-4 and four two, you know, six days ago. 7-4, and four, looking like an AFC playoff team. They've lost back-to-back games in two games in five days to two win teams. Can't score. Lost to the Cardinals and lost to the Patriots over the course of five days. Fired the OC and the offense got worse. Yeah, and they also lost their quarterback, <laughs> Kenny Pickett. We'll That's come back. Uh, Rod will take us behind the BOC. We'll get some what the facts. And uh, on a Friday morning, we're glad you're with us. Friday just warming up, just heating up here on Hook'em Up. Lock it in wherever you find us. And listen all day long on uh, 101.9 on AM 1260. Stream it on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn.
Glad you're with us on a Friday, 8 December. And a lot going on, talking all things uh, Week 14 NFL. Cowboys, Eagles, Sunday night. What a game that will be. Here we are, 23 days, excuse me, 17 days to Christmas. 23 days to New Year's Day, the first day of 2024, which will start with a bang. Longhorns in Washington in the Sugar Bowl semifinal on the national level. 23 days, so talking. Uh... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. But three weeks from two week, three weeks from Sunday? That's right. Three weeks from <laughs> Sunday will be the national championship game. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, semifinal game, semifinal. Texas and Washington. Also, the uh, other game out in the Rose Bowl, which is a heck of a ball game to preview, Michigan v. Alabama. Alabama. With, with, uh, as we were talking about the coaching carousel, reports abound out of Ann Arbor that uh, um, Jim Harbaugh uh, has been offered a new five-year contract extension worth $11 million annually. Uh, it does have a caveat that he would, if he signs it before the champion, championship rounds, you're coming up into the new year that uh, in writing that he will not uh, pursue NFL jobs when the season is over. Mm-hmm. Eleven yeah. million a year, Rod. <clears throat> yeah, why? Yeah, I don't know why he would sign that. Actually, I'm not sure why he would sign that. Not sure if that's going to be the stipulation. You can get yeah. that after, right? I mean, <laughs> like, what? well, yeah, it'll yeah. still be there, right? It'll still be there. Um, it's but, not going anywhere. Yeah, might as well just wait and see what the NFL has to say. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> If indeed he wants to pursue, you know, back into the National Football League, where he was highly successful at San Francisco, yeah, took the uh, Niners to the Super Bowl after you know doing a great job at Stanford. So I don't whatever. think anybody knows what Jim Harbaugh wants. Actually, I agree with that. I don't think we actually know. I think we all like think we know, but the he, you know, you talked about this yesterday. You know, in the NFL, he he actually rubbed people the wrong way there oh. too, and he does. He like he, he likes power. Um, the NFL does not give coaches a lot of power, notoriously, because they the owners want all the power because they're the billionaires. Um, and and the NCAA, I think the NCAA has him very annoyed <laughs> at the college level, considering he's been suspended twice for different reasons, not by the NCAA, well, once by the NCAA, and then once by the Big Ten. I think he's tired of the authority, <laughs> all right, of the the basically I would say the the administration, and he's tired of the NCAA and the decision makers at the college level too. So I think. I don't know where he's going to get the most power, and I think that's what he wants to. Well, and it's he can control you know, the most because he's a control freak. He is. Yeah. And as you, I think the way you said it, you know, John Mellencamp has the great song. I fought authority, and authority always wins. He always has fought authority. Yeah, it's kind of his thing. Like he back to it. Yeah. And and me, one point. me, yeah. me growing up, uh, my first eight years of my life in Northeast Ohio, as with my father, a passionate Ohio State fan. You know, he was he was a Michigan, right? And he was as a quarterback. He was just he was. You know, fighting authority then, and then he went yeah. to the NFL and was fighting authority. He's yeah. just—he's as we say, he's like a, he's like a fist with a mouth. He's always, <laughs> and then his brother John is a really great coach in Baltimore, but he, he doesn't. Yeah, he's different. He's got a he's very different. I'm sure behind the scenes, yeah. he's probably similar, but very, at the same time, very di- different disposition. Yeah, yes. uh, they're both highly successful in their ways. But even back to his playing days, he was kind of a punk. 
You're like, yeah. dude, punk. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. He does. No, you're right. He roasts people the wrong way. Yes, he does. That's why he only stays places. He's abrasive. Yes. Super abrasive. He's only going to stay at a place for so long, and I wonder if he has reached that. But I don't know if he's reached that point at Michigan. Definitely not for Michigan. Oh, fans. they love him. He's a Michigan guy, yeah, right? But he's maybe, I'm he's talking the about, best thing they've had since Bo Schembechler. Yeah, I'm talking about like NCAA and like you said, the, the authority. Yeah. Right? The, the decision makers, you know, Big Ten. I just wonder if he's – I rubbed enough people the wrong way in that regard where he's like, I need to go to the NFL for a while. They're, they're tired of me here. My, or my antics, right? They've, they've, they've uh, basically kind of run they've, – they've run their course here. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think it all depends on how the season ends. If yeah. he wins the title, man – I, all bets are off. I have no idea what he's going to do if they win it all because he might want to ride off to the sunset or he might decide, yeah, this is, this is where I need to be. I can win another one of these. I can start a dynasty here, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was, he's just been such in the public eye. I mean, he was, I mean, he's in the Indianapolis Colts Ring of Honor as a player. I mean, then he mm-hmm. went to coaching. And, of course, his father was in, and, you know, John and Jim's father was a longtime coach. Ball coach, man. Oh, my gosh. The ball ball coach. Grew up in a ball coach's house. And mm-hmm. so, obviously, they both adopted that uh, in their post-careers, you know, yeah. I don't think John. I don't think John ever played uh, high-level football, uh, but certainly Jim did. Okay, so uh, that's out there. We'll get ready for for Saban v. Um, Harbaugh. We'll keep an eye on that contract extension. Also, have to be thinking about that with the Longhorns, Jim. You know, assume because CDC Chris Conti doesn't do anything during the season. No, but you know, there's a big contract coming for you know bump for. Um, we're talking about eleven million dollars a year for Jim Harbaugh. You know, Steve Sarkis is making just you know five million bucks a year, which is a little like five and a half, I guess, with incentives, and he's mm-hmm. doing fine. But you can almost expect he will uh, get a significant pay raise. You know, when Mike Elko gets the A and M job and he's making seven, Sark's yeah. going to get a bump here Sark coming get, in the uh, probably get, get in the near term. He probably get nine, yeah, seven, eight, nine. Been right under ten. Um, you know, well, it, it was a national title. I take that. You know, take that back. <laughs> he won national title eleven, just like just like with Jim Harbaugh. All bets are off. You win a national title, then you know, he probably he'll definitely be in the double digits after that. There's no question. You can expect the NFL to be kicking the tires on on Steve Sarkeesian as well just uh, to see where he is because uh, he has NFL experience as a coach. And um, a guy like Bryce Young in Carolina is a guy that he recruited to Alabama and has a good relationship with. Uh, they're looking for a coach Ugh, there. So, don't go there. I know. Well, yeah, I think he knows better than Dave Tepper yeah. to go work for yeah, him. Frank Texas. Reich just got fired in year one. Yeah, Texas is a way better job. Well, Dave Tepper at Carolina, yeah. uh, Texas is a way better job. Didn't, didn't care a lot about well, I, I said this when they fired Frank Reich, and I think Frank Reich kind of earned his way out. I don't think he wanted to work for Dave Tepper anymore after a very short amount of time. But it's going to be hard. I mean, coaches know. I mean, you fire one coach one year, Matt Rule, and then you move on to another coach. You don't even give him one full season, and you're already at odds with him. He does pay well, though. He does pay well, but that becomes <laughs> problematic. You want stability. He does pay well. You want power, right? You don't yeah. want an owner that's, that's meddling. And you know, Frank Reich was open about the meetings he had to have with the owner, like the sit-downs, and it's like those were hard meetings. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want any of that. I'll yeah. stay where I'm at. No, I'm with you. I, I, yeah, he, he's, still paying, he's still paying Matt Rule. <laughs> yeah, he paid Matt Rule good and money. Frank Reich. It, real good money. So, you know he pays it. So, somebody He'll take it and be like, you know what, I'm taking this payday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's annoying, but I'm going to take this payday. He'll probably fire me within two years if I don't win because we we'll, won't get along. But, man, that payday is hard to pass up. Now, for Sark, he won't do it. We're talking about some other coach who's a lot more desperate. Yeah. Sark's got – he's got options and resources. Yeah, well, that's the point Texas. is Dave Tepper's going to be pretty limited on the – he's oh, not going to get the highest name. He won't no. get Jim Harbaugh, right? Jim Harbaugh no. will look at the Bears, might look at the Chargers. If Brandon Staley gets fired, yeah. uh, there will be options if Jim Harbaugh but does want to enter into the right, National Football League. I mean, somebody – he's going to have to overpay somebody. Yeah, he is. <laughs> hey, let's go behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll get some what the facts for the top of the hour, including uh, that game in, in New England last night with the Steelers. And, and Patriots, but first Rod's going to get us some good stuff on the Longhorns. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? 
All right. Uh, I want to talk about the transfer uh, portal just a little bit because uh, yesterday we found out that uh, Matthew Golden, the wide receiver from U of H, I'm sure Longhorn fans remember him, uh, really good player for U of H, uh, kind of a slot receiver, if you will, kind of a prototypical slot receiver, but he's a speed guy, and um, there's a lot of talk. We talked about it on our own Texas, uh, own Texas football live stream last night. Uh, there's a lot of talk that Texas will be interested in Matthew Golden, uh, the U of H receiver that's in the transfer portal. If that's the case, uh, that would make him and Deion Burks also uh, targets in the transfer portal. They're very similar to me in their skill sets. I think I prefer Matthew Golden over Deion Burks just slightly because um, I just think he's uh, I think he's a little little faster, and I've seen him in person, let's be honest. All right, <laughs> and I've studied him because Texas played U of H, um, but I like Deion Burks too. I, I think if you're a Sark, you'll probably end up with one of those guys. Um, I don't know if you need both of them because of how similar the skill set is. They're both kind of projected as slot wide receivers, speed demons. We know Sark likes speed demons. They're small-ish, slight-ish guys. Uh, Matthew Golden, I think the added value there is you get the kickoff return guy. He's one of the best kickoff returns in the country. Yeah. <laughs> he's Special teams. Yeah, he's one of the best kick returns in the country. So in addition to him being a guy that can help you as a slot receiver, um, and you're going to need it at, at wide receiver because Casey Kane, we just – um, talked about the transfer portal, Texas uh, first receiver in the transfer portal is Casey Kane. But on top of that, you're going to lose Xavier Worthy, likely A.D. Mitchell, Jay Witt. You're going to lose your top three receivers, and then you're talking about losing a veteran like Casey Kane. So I think that your top, one of your top positions right now looking at the transfer portal has got to be wide receiver just because you're going to lose so much to eligibility, but you're also going to lose now Casey Kane, and that's just you know the first the wide receiver potentially that could hit the transfer portal. So you could get as many as two wide receivers in the transfer portal for Texas. I do think Matthew Golden and Deion Burks, like I said, one or the other, I think Matthew Golden probably is a better, is a higher priority just because you've got the kick return added value. But then Juice Wells, who's the South Carolina uh, receiver, and I think he's uh, got interest from Oregon. Tennessee. Uh, interest, Ole Miss. I mean, that, uh, the whole SEC's after every, Juice Exactly. Wells, everybody's yeah. interested because he fits in any system. I said this yesterday. He fits in. Any system you can put him, you can plug him in Texas system with Sark. He's compatible with that system. You can put him in hell. You can put him in a, a veer and shoot system. He's compatible there. You can put him in that Lane Kiffin system. Oregon. These are very different offenses, and they all want Juice Wells because he fits. Because he's just a contested catch freak. <laughs> uh, his contested catch ability is unbelievable. Um, he is. I mean, actually, Texas will see probably the best contested catch receiver in the country when they see Roma Duzzi. Yeah, uh, for, uh, Washington. For Washington. He's the best contested catch receiver. If it's a 50-50 ball, it's, a, it's an 80-20 with him. Uh, with Juice Wells, 50-50, it's probably 70-30. I mean, he, he's got strong hands, and he attacks the football at his highest point. As he's great in the scramble drill, I think he's, he'll be really good in red zone because of that contested catch ability, and he's hard to bring down once, he, once the ball's in his hand. So everybody loves Juice Wells just because all of his skills just translate to any offense pretty much. Yeah, and you, you've talked a lot about Sark having a tight rotation at receiver. Yes, you know, you can only, If you could land one of the guys, you know, Golden or, or Burks, and then get in the Juice Wells, you know, conversation. Uh, Juice Wells also a, a great blocker. He's a very physical football player when you watch him. He is, And with yes. Jordan Whittington's moving on, he's out of eligibility. He's your best blocker on the outside. That's the point. And uh, the one name we, I'm always interested in who's in the portal but who's not, Isaiah Nair is a guy who – Yeah, we hadn't heard the name we, yet. We haven't heard his name. Yeah, let me – 
you know, he may be – and maybe, you know – he reconsidering. Remember, he had a knee injury the year before in training camp. Uh, but was starring, right, by all accounts, was having a heck of a summer coming from Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the injury. And he, you know, when you're injured, you're recovering. You're not actually practicing with your team. And they go get A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy. He's a junior now, Jordan Whittington. And the tight rotation, you kind of lose your spot. You wonder if Isaiah Nair is saying, okay, Nat, here's my opportunity now. These guys are all leaving. Should be. I can be the guy. As I get fully healthy into the in the January, into the spring, I can become the next guy with – whoever comes in through the transfer portal. Maybe Isaiah Nair sees an opportunity and just watched A.D. Mitchell come in and you know, go, guy who's going to be in the top 40 draft picks. Uh, maybe he's looking at that as well. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, these guys, they, they see Sark only really expands his receiver rotation to about four guys. And he knows um, Quinn, right? He's been there with Quinn. So, you know, a relationship with the quarterback who's planning to be back. You're like, okay, yeah, this could, I can become his favorite target. Um, potentially, and you know, as you say, there's a lot, a lot of, lot of balls need caught yes, moving forward do. in this oh, offense. Man. Say, there's a lot of opportunity in the re- in the receiving core to get in that rotation, but yeah, I think Jontae Cook's probably likely going to be one of those guys. Don't forget, you got the you know the, the receivers that you have recruited that are there. Trey Wingo, Trey Wingo, Sark was in home with him this week from Missouri. Yeah. St. Louis. And then DeAndre Moore, another kid from Bellflower, yeah. California. Uh, so yeah, there's still guys there, but you know, if you're Isaiah Nair, can I become uh, kind of that, that A.D. Mitchell guy, that go-to red zone target uh, that becomes problem. Because we remember he had 12, 12 touchdowns at Wyoming oh, he was, in the year before yeah. he transferred in. Yep. No, he was he was highly productive. And yeah, yeah. everybody thought – I think that, that injury set him back a lot. And then after that, I'm not going to say that the coaches moved on, um, but they had to – refocus yeah uh on other 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 players in the right receiving core while he recovered and i think after that hey man you know that like i said that receiver rotation is really tight it's just hard to crack sark's circle of trust with that group because <laughs> he works really hands-on with the wide receivers like sure. people don't know that he's really hands-on about how they run routes he's really meticulous about the routes and how they the route combinations and uh the, you know the side adjustments for the receivers so i think he knows those guys really well because he works so closely with them and when he you know when he doesn't trust you totally, you're not going to crack that group. And Jontae Cook ended up, you know, getting ahead of guys like Casey Kane. Casey Kane, much like the safety uh, room, you know, you see some guys, they don't see a path to play. Yeah. And I think he saw, well, okay, if this freshman's getting reps ahead of me, where's my path to play? Now, you would think when the eligibility of all those receivers is up and Xavier Worthy leaves, A.D. Mitchell leaves, that that would be the path for him. But like I said, he's in that room. He knows. Yeah. So he's still in that room thinking, okay, I, ha- I still have no path to play, even though your top three receivers are leaving. Think about that. What does that say? But that, you know, that says a lot. Yeah. Well, he's a guy that, that played yeah, on he the had- Sark. He is, he, he's earned trust on the Sark, but maybe he lost that trust. Yeah, or he just knows Jonte Cook and DeAndre Moore That's ahead of better. him as far as that goes. <laughs> and there's other guys coming in. All right, good stuff right there with Rod behind the burn orange curtain. Matthew Golden, a name. Yeah. Uh, second team All-Big 12 player. Yep. Keep an eye on that. Another, another name to keep in mind is Trey Moore. Uh, he's the UTSA edge rusher who's in the transfer portal. And Texas reportedly is interested. Um, he's an all-AAC player. Well, actually, he was as a sophomore, he was the AAC defensive player of the year. Yeah, yeah. So he's a hell of a player. 38 uh, pressures last season, or this season, I should say. 14 sacks. Uh, that led the ACC, AAC. 18 tackles for loss led the AAC. 29 defensive stops. Second among edge rushers uh, in the AAC. So he's a really good player. Got great BGO, ball get off. Um, can come screaming around the edge. Uh, he's a guy that can, you know, be a, a pass rusher, kind of a natural pass rusher for you situationally. We know they like Ethan Burke. They like Baron Sorrell. Um, you can never have too many pass rushers. 
Colin Simmons coming in too from Duncanville, yeah, and we've seen you know freshmen yeah. hit the field quick at Texas if they can produce. So. Uh, and Colin Simmons probably's got to get some weight put on coming out of Duncanville, but uh, that uh, is another name to watch too. All right, we'll come back. Good stuff from Rod behind the BOC. We'll get some what the facts, including John Rahm. The much rumored move is now official, and it's staggered. The PGA Tour will get you the latest. Took them up with Ian Rod B. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Friday on The Horn. We'll get back to uh, week 14 in the NFL coming up. Rod will have a rant next hour as well. Cowboys Eagles highlighting week 14. That's what we're talking about. Come on, man. In your rant? Yes, good. For sure. Looking forward to it. Eagles, Cowboys, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott. Legacy game. Legacy building game for Dak. Uh, legacy's changing yesterday in our What the Facts segment. John Rahm, the uh, much-rumored decision, official now. He is joining the Live Tour for a massive sum of money. Uh, it's a staggering blow to the PGA Tour, without a doubt, uh, in their negotiations with uh, the Saudi Royal Fund and the PIF. Um, and a lot of confusion, right, because people are, you know, the, the, the people believe that the uh, two sides, Live and PGA Tour, have already merged. They have not. They agreed to a merger that then had to move through the, the political house, right, in the state cat, you know, the... the the national, you know, government, governmental agencies to make sure it was, a, it was a legal deal. And so, but the deal's still not done. There's not a merger because somebody texted us on the uh, text line, Rod, and said, uh, I'm confused. I thought the PGA and Liv were merging. They are merging. They're supposed to merge, but they don't have to merge. And so John Rahm, th- this was the, the first indication that, 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 that the move was coming for Rahm came when he pulled out of Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods' um, Indoor golf league that they were doing, right? The uh, the 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 golf league that they're starting. Yeah. Rom was supposed to be a big part of it, and um, in November he announced that he is pulling out of that. Said at the time he cited you know time constraints, but kind of everybody kind of saw the writing on the wall. Uh, but so the PIF and the PJ Tour essentially have only agreed to drop all litigation. Back in June, when they announced their merger, okay. they agreed no more lawsuits. Okay. Because essentially the PIF was was bleeding the PJ Tour dry with legal fees, uh, and all these lawsuits they were filing. Uh, they agreed to drop litigation and then set a deadline at the end of this month, December 31st, to complete the agreement. But no, they may not get the deal done because the PGA Tour took so much blowback from everybody when they said, you're caving to this now, right? Remember how that all yeah. went down? Mm-hmm. And the reports have been that they're, they're seeking other avenues of resource, in, you know, investment from yeah. other entities to fight the merger and not merge with the PIF, which the PIF has said, okay, well, then we'll just take John Rahm. Because the other confusion is that... The, Where's the, this money coming from? There's other investors. Where, well, that, that's right. Like, that's been one of the advisements to the PGA and how Tour. And why didn't they do that earlier? That's been, that's, <laughs> again, that's been, the, that's been the blowback. Hey, Come on, man. You're, you're not merging with them? Why don't we fight against it? And we'll invest. And, you know, other, other, and there's a lot of rich people in the world. I know. So <laughs> why didn't they pursue these other billionaires well, earlier? I don't get it. Right. That's, that's, they, they, they were there before. I'm sure they wanted to help out. Well, I think they were interested. I would speculate that the, the, the announcement of the merger made them, incentivized made them, incentivized them, them to maybe, maybe, hey, like, maybe they asked. And maybe they like, didn't think it was going to happen. They right. thought, oh, no, 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 this will never happen. You, even you say you was like, no, it's, it's going to happen if they keep just throwing money at this issue, they're going to win. Well, that was the PIF's plan, right, to, to steal players, starting with Phil Mickelson. Um, and then disrupt the market to yeah. such an extent and, and lock them up in court in That's these exactly legal battles. Uh, and they, they have an endless stream of money. Straight cash, uh, homie. And so, uh, so there's also been some confusion about the truce. Originally, the two organizations agreed not to swap players during this negotiation, but 
during the when, they, when the U.S. Department of Justice actually they pulled that out because there was fear that there would be an antitrust concern okay. with the U.S. Department of Justice. So that came out, and that's where the ROM thing comes. So ROM's just essentially saying, "I'll take the payday because you guys may not merge at all." Yeah, well, I'm not <laughs> gonna pass up this this once in a lifetime payday just because y'all can't get y'all ish together. Yeah, I'll take this bread. Yeah, and and obviously John Rom has been. Outside of Roy McIlroy, the most outspoken PGA Tour member. I mean, he's, he's mocked the players. This three round tournaments, no cuts. That's not golf. I mean, he said that openly over and over again. That's not my thing. I, he also said, "I never, have, I never play golf for money. I don't play golf for money. I play golf for the history." And the <laughs> well, okay, all right, John, walk that back. Yeah, you got. Yeah, it's gonna be tough to walk that back. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. That he said that. Oh yeah. He probably shouldn't have said that. Oh, he should have been, said that's not that's not the main reason I play. That's not the only uh, reason I play. He didn't just say golf. it. He said it like to a microphone, recorded. Uh, I don't play golf for money. Hey, don't say that. Three we rounds, all, no cut. That's, that's not golf. That's, that's not still, a tournament. Everybody's job. You do your job for money. You just say like, no, that's not the only reason I do my job. I'm passionate about. It. I love this. I love the sport. Or whatever. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be, that's gonna come back to haunt him. But you know what? Hey, kind of everybody's got a price. Everybody's got a price where they have to reconsider. And I think whatever about they offered him, he's like, I got to re- – you got to talk to wifey about the wifey. He's like, all right, you know what, we're taking it. Well, remember, he played at Arizona it. State. He's Spanish. She's Spanish. But he played at Arizona State, and he was coached by Phil Mickelson's brother uh, at Oklahoma State. Sergio Garcia is one of his closest friends from Spain. Okay. And Sergio's already at Liv, so there's been pools. Okay. But John Rahm's been the advocate in the Tiger Woods-Rory McElroy camp all along, and now – anymore. They got one of them. Yeah, so that's yeah. – <laughs> I mean, as, and I would say even the, you know, the, 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 the real ardent golf fans trying to figure this out, what's going to happen between now and, you know, 21 days from now, 22 days from now, will they get an agreement done, or is this thing not going to happen and they will remain separate entities? So weird, man. I thought this was a done deal, and now it's like resurfacing that, that PGA wants to fight it? Well – that no one knows. No one knows what's happening in the in the conversations behind the scenes. Wow, good stuff right there. Yeah. We'll come back. Rod will have some facts as well, including a rant on the Cowboys Eagles coming up yes, Sunday sir. night in Arlington. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.